What's up, guys? Welcome to the Honest Tattooer podcast. And this week we have Tim O'Connor with us. Hello. Happy Welcome. And Matriano in the building. Hey, what's going on? And it's going to be an intimate episode. It's just three of us. Yeah. We don't have a couch full of people or Gabe. <laughs> Where's Gabe, Miami? Gabe is at home being, you know, double, double duty. Ah, oh, I thought he was taking the kids down to Miami. No, no, no. He's in town. He's in town. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I feel less bad for him then. He is missed. What's up, man? Not much. Happy to be here. Good, 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 good. For those that don't know you, why don't you introduce yourself to them? Sure. Um, I'm Tim O'Connor. Uh, tattooing 20 years now. Uh, I own 10,000 Foxes Tattoo in Astoria, Queens. I came up being, you know, in a shop where you had to do everything. So I'm pretty versatile. It seems like you still do everything. I was looking at your Instagram and it seems like you're, you're pretty well versed. You're still doing a lot of, a little yeah. bit of everything. Yeah. And I have so many clients, you know, I started tattooing in New York. I'm from New York. Uh, so I have so many people that have been tattooing for like 15 years, you know? Yeah. So there's still a lot of that, like I'm their guy. And so I'm their friend's guy, their sister's guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I fucking love that. Shit. Um, but I, I honestly, I still, I love tattooing. Yeah. So, you know, and I feel like I'm able to put my fingerprint on whatever I do. So yeah, I feel super fortunate about that. No, nah, for sure, man. I was looking at your Instagram as well. And I, I saw the same things of like, man, you can do a lot of different things, all very clean, all really, you know, and it has like what you're talking about. It has like, you know, your, your touch into yeah. it. So it's cool to see. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I think like, you know, tattooing for that long, I mean, like I've been tattooing for, I think I'm going on 17 years this year and I still feel super excited about it. Like I'm stoked if I can do yeah. something cool, especially if, if it's something even different outside of what I normally would do. If I feel like I see it, you know, like, Oh yeah, I know how I could do my version of this, you yeah. know? And then in, I get, I'll get excited about it. You know what makes me still excited about tattooing is we've been tattooing around the same amount of time, around 17 yeah. years. And still to this day, like uh, exactly today, I was working on a back piece that I started just a couple of months ago. And I looked at it today. I was like, why did I do it like that? Like, I feel like I progressed so much just in those couple of months Yeah, that that makes me excited. Be like, man, I learned so much just in the short amount of time. Just makes me want to keep learning even more. For sure. For sure. Like I have a, a back piece from Justin Hartman. Shout out to the homie, amazing tattooer. And if you see it, it still looks like a really sick tattoo, but it looks so different than the way that his compositions are now, the way right. that he would do it now. Like, you know, and it's cause like we keep growing and no matter how, you know, if you're passionate about it and you're still kind of just, you know, looking for that little, little, little bit of a step up every time you do some work. Yeah. And that's, it's one of the things we're most fortunate about, right? There's plenty of people that can love what they do when they start it. Uh, but then it becomes a job. Yes. But for us, I mean, I think we're all probably our own worst critics, right? Yeah. So when you look at something like you were saying, Matt, like, you know, you did not that long ago and you're like, why did I do this this way or that way? The, to still have that drive and that passion to do the best that you can do yeah. is an amazing thing. And there's not a lot of people in other industries that um, get to do that, you know, and, and feel that way. For sure. Which talking about that, 
Yo, I was looking at this uh, comments on one of the critique videos where people were literally thinking that we are being too nitpicky. Oh yeah. On the critiques. And I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? That's what the critiques are all about. It's about being nitpicky. Like those little minute things in a design are working at something that's good to something that's great to something that's amazing. You know, like, fuck, like there's that whole like Louis CK joke about people overusing amazing. Like everything's amazing, you know? And it's like, that's true. Like not every fucking tattoo is amazing. It's fucking cool. You know, or like, oh, that shit's sick, you know? But every now and then you see something and you're like, wow, that's fucking amazing. Dude. Yeah. And it blows your mind, you know? But the little steps to get to that point, it's a lot of little nitpicking to make sure that everything's like on the money. My favorite ones are when we're critiquing something and talking about how it could be better, people in the comments will be like, ah, I think it looks great. What are you talking about? I'm like, well, that's why you're not going to get any better. If you yeah. think that this looks great, <laughs> then, <laughs> then you're not going to get better. And isn't that the point of a critique as well? Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, you feel confident enough that like, you're not going to trash them. Right. But Hey, you know, what do you see? You know, yeah. what, what, what could I do better? Are my lines a little wonky or is it not a lot of balance, but that's, Right. That's the point. A lot of our critiques are more design geared as far as like, why does the actual artwork not work? Mm. Like we really do too much of the technical stuff. Yeah. So far, everyone that for the most part that has, you know, sent their work for a critique, they have pretty solid fundamentals, you know, as far as tattooing goes, you know, these, a, a few people, you know, that just had like a little bit of like, not just, strong, strong outlines and then a little bit of patchy shading. But then like most part is like, man, the designs, mm. the designs were the hardest parts of all the critiques. Just telling people like, Hey, it's just the drawing. Yeah. 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 Composition. Compositions. I mean, some, I mean, I'll be for real, dude. Some of my favorite tattooers, they're not the cleanest, Yeah, but the fucking drawings just, yeah. <sighs> yeah. just have the fucking sauce. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It just is there. Like they're ripping lines. They're like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> they're ripping lines. They're fucking, you know, doing shit. And at the end, you're like, oh, that shit's sick as fuck, yeah. dude. Like, this is so good. Right. Cause they're putting life into it, right? Yeah. Their expression. And, oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. How many times do you see a sketch and you're like, man, that's fucking really, really awesome? But then it gets cleaned up with like actual lines and it just doesn't have the same feeling. It doesn't feeling have anymore. the same feeling anymore. You know, like, uh, it's like when you're, especially one of the, you're, you're somebody that draws with a lot of like really strong, quick gestural lines. And then when you're lining it as a tattoo, you're like, mm, with that slow drag, you're going to lose that fucking quick, yeah. you know, hand movements, you know? So the people, the tattooers that can capture that, dude, it's such a fucking cool thing. Yeah. Those are really cool. I would love to learn how to do that. I don't think I would want to actually do it. A lot. Yeah. But just to be able to be like, look at a sketch and then tattoo the sketch. The sketch. Just and make it look like that. Yeah. 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 I think that's really cool. Well, I would love to see some, you know, somebody just do that. You just do it as a tattoo. Just like kind of just loosely build it, you know? Oh, like never even have a drawing to begin with. Just start like sketching a, on skin. Right. Like just draw it, you know, maybe on there with like, but don't really fully refine it and just let the tattoo be yeah. what it is. Yeah, I, uh, I freehand, I would say 80%, if not more, uh, of what I do. And a big part of that is 
that I feel like I can be in that moment and translate that into the tattoo beyond like fitting it to the body, right. And all of those things. Yeah. But if I drew it on paper or on procreate, it, it loses a bit of that human element. The 2d, 3d effect of like, you know, sometimes you draw something on an iPad and feels cool, put it on paper wraps around. You're like, yeah, I got to make some adjustments, you know? So it's like, why not just then just skip that part and go straight to that, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It's, I enjoy it. It's a, you know, a lot of extra time. Um, and you would think by this point, I'd be really good at not having my Sharpies wipe off and have to redraw <laughs> constantly, but you know, I, I don't have a trick for that. Um, but I, I feel like I'm able to, to capture a little bit more energy, um, than if I were to stencil, you know, uh, obviously certain things, if I'm doing realism or something like that, I'll stencil it. Yeah. Um, but I, I really enjoy it. And it's gotten to the point I, I put a lot of my freehand stuff on my Instagram, mm-hmm. mainly for for clients. Like I could understand if somebody never had something freehanded on them before. And a lot of my freehand stuff looks super sloppy. Like I know what's going on. Yeah. But I could understand why a client would be like, what, what the fuck is that? <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, at least they've seen a bunch of it and be like, oh, that became this. And now it's gotten to a point where if I stencil something, I've had clients be like, oh, you're not going to freehand it. They're like disappointed. And they're like, oh, we wanted the whole show. (laughs) (laughs) They wanted to have that like magic moment, you know? No, that's good though, to have something there to like be like, this is the process. So you're not getting any surprises. The guy that taught me how to tattoo, he didn't have freehand anything, but his stencils were so loose and just like a bunch of dots and dashes. And the clients would look at him like, I don't know what I'm looking at. All right, let's go for it, man. (laughs) It's like, it's nerve wracking. Yeah. Uh, One of my favorite tattooers, uh, Jao Bosco, who does like specializes in doing like chrysanthemum snakes, skulls. That's pretty much it. That's what he tattoos most of the time. And his, uh, when he tattooed my inner thigh to knee, you know, he did like three color Sharpies by the end of it. It looked like a freaking mess. I'm like, you could barely, you could tell what was kind of happening, but everything was so loose and so messy. And he was just like, Good. You know, I was like, yeah, dude, this is <laughs> fucking rip and dip, bro. Let's go. You know, and uh, dude, at the end, it was like, fuck, you know, like, especially as he's working and everything starts disappearing, but everything's just there. Yeah. You know, he's just super confident in like that subject matter and it's pulling it off so strong. It's sick. I'll, uh, I'll, you know, be playful with a bunch of my clients, like in the, the initial freehanding part when I'm just kind of getting the overall motion down and it's super light, you know, and, but it looks like nothing. And, uh, you know, tell them to go look in the mirror. I'm like sick. Right. (laughs) 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 Like, uh, yeah. All right. (laughs) I was watching some guys at uh, the New York convention years ago. They were doing, uh, it's not Tabori. What's the Samoan one? What is that called? Tatao. So they were drawing on the design, but they weren't drawing all the patterns and all the shapes and everything. They're just drawing directional lines. Like this is kind of like where it's going to be. The direction is going to go. And it was literally just a couple of straight lines. Like, all right, this is it. That's and it. The client would look in the mirror like, all right, what, all what right. am I looking at? It's like, Don't worry about it. Play down. Yeah. And then just start going like all these perfect triangles and perfect shapes and just 
bonkers. Nothing there. Nothing there, but just a couple of directional lines. It's yeah. impressive. Those yeah. guys, to me, dude, that's like when it comes to being like just a technician, you know, in tattooing and being somebody that can do like such perfect work. Like that shit blows my mind, <clears throat> dude. Yeah. Like the Samoan guys that do like the crazy patterns over a shoulder and everything's just perfect, perfect everywhere. I'm like, oh my God, dude, anxiety. No. No. I, I want to just do organic things that just feel flowy always. Yeah. It's hard to fuck that up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's so good. Today, my client asked me, so what I tattooed today, I did, I did a tiger. I love tigers. He asked me about like, I did also a portrait of his mom before. And he asked, is doing like a, this kind of tiger, like doing a portrait? And I'm like, yes, but no. And I'm like, nobody's going to really care about the stripe of this tiger over here. And except for every bit of your mom's face, we're going to know if it's slightly off, you know? So it's like, it's loose. So, but it's the same idea, you know, same principles, but definitely portraits is anxiety. Yeah. Uh, You can, uh, you can change the features of an animal and still look like that animal. Yeah, for sure. But you'll never know if it's. If that animal's Frank or Jill, like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, unless like, there's like a very distinct, like marking, you know, but it's like, even then, man, like there's a shadow there. You couldn't see it. (laughs) It's fine. So Tim, you do a lot of cover-ups, right? I do. Yeah. And a lot of really complicated ones. Um, I think that's a, where being able to freehand comes in handy. Yeah. You know, it's really, unless it's a, you're covering up something small. It's really difficult to properly place a stencil where you need it to be. What you were just saying, John, about organic things, like that's what I always try to go for with cover-ups. Because I feel like the two most important parts of a a cover-up, this really stands for any tattoo or piece of art, but are focal point and balance, right? From a design perspective. So... If that focal point, like where you want to draw the person's eye first, is right in the middle of like gnarly cover up area, you're setting yourself up for disaster. For sure. So then the eye winds up going to the cover up, you know, Uh, and then with balance treating. I I think a lot of people that will do cover ups uh, that maybe don't specialize in it don't realize having to have like the, the balance of saturation and your darks and you get excited when you get to a clean area of skin and like, Oh cool. Now I can do this however I want. But when you don't have that, let's say you have two wings, the cover ups in one wing, it's super dark and saturated, but now the other wing is nice and soft and all these little details, mm-hmm. it's going to be obvious that it's a cover up. Right? Sure. right. So you know, everyone I do, that's my immediate thought. Like, where am I going to put the focal point and how am I going to balance it out? You know, and I think that's a uh, key for successful cover up. Do you often turn clients down or tell them to get some laser first? Uh, I do. Uh, there's not many that I have turned down. Uh, and I do have a friend who's also a client who uh, is really good at laser. That's that's what she does. If I feel like the longevity of the tattoo will benefit from at least being lightened a little bit, I'll recommend laser. Yeah. But it's difficult. So many people are against it. You know, they whether it's the extra money, the extra time, the pain, uh, they just don't want to do it. Yeah. 
But if I am not confident that not just when I'm done, but like when I see it a year from now that I'm going to be proud of it, then I won't do it. So if I really think somebody needs laser and they don't want to do it, then I won't proceed with the tattoo. I probably turned down almost a hundred percent of all cover up requests that I get. <laughs> yeah. Like mm, <laughs> now. <laughs> and, uh, the ones that I do take on, I uh, always suggest doing laser first. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even want to be bothered anymore yeah. for that reason. Though, like there's so many, uh, there's so many things like the balance. A lot of people don't want to go much bigger than the original tattoo is already. It's very difficult to make a cover up successful. Mm. If it's the same size as the one that you're already working uh, yeah. against. Almost impossible. Yeah. Especially, you know, you get some of these like middle-aged women who already have a small tattoo and they're like, I don't want to go much bigger than that. I'm like, well, you kind of have to. If you're going to cover that up. Yeah. It has, I mean, my rules is always has to be at least three times bigger because I'm thinking a third can be really dark. Yeah. You know, of this tattoo. So three times, three times as big. And then after that, it's like such subject matter wise, like how flexible are you with what you want? But I still always want to know what they would want. I don't want to just say, cause I hate getting into the like, Oh, if you can cover this up, dude, I'll take whatever. Mm -hmm. And you're like, sick. I want to do a dragon. Well, I'm not really into dragons. What uh, we're going to just get into this, like, you know, yeah. back and forth for too long. What would you want? And that way that puts me at least along a path of like, Oh, this is the kind of stuff that they're into. And general direction. Yeah. General, some general. Yeah. Well, what are you into? Yeah. You know, you know, and then after that, if like once I start, if once I feel so confident and I'm like, I solved the puzzle, you know, there's like a mental game of like, Oh, sh you just see it. You know, it's like, I feel like you're that meme with thing going. And, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh shit, I can totally cover this like this is going to look sick. If they say, mm, then I'm not, I don't want to do it. But if you're like, dude, he's excited about something. I want to see what he's going to do. Then I've, then we're on, yeah. you know, and then I'll fucking knock that thing out the park and I'll feel good about it. Yeah. I think one of the most uh, common things I run into in like a consultation process with a uh, cover up is people want to kill two birds with one stone. I would like this tattoo and I don't want this tattoo. So yeah. can you put this one on top of that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, the one they want is a realistic lion or something. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's no. not going to work. I always take the time in consultations, explaining the process, showing examples to the point where uh, I think I bore them most of the time. <laughs> you know, I'll talk about the difference of opaque grays and gray wash and why one over the other. But that really helps because you can see the understanding that they get by feeling like more educated, you know, yes. and then and then they they trust you more. I, I have one piece that I did a, a few years ago, a cover up that um, has flaws in it. Mm -hmm. And I point it out to all of them. I show it to them. I'm like, yeah, I did this. And you see this line coming through there. Like, that's what I try to avoid. And then by telling them the, you know, you're trying to kill two birds with one stone, you're not going to be happy with your cover up. And this other tattoo that you do want, you're not going to be happy with that, how that came out. So you're kind of going to be disappointed twice, you yeah. know? Uh, and <laughs> that's it. That's it. It's like, you're going to be disappointed if you can't at least commit. Cause I've had the same situation where somebody wants to, Oh, like, I want to get this. This is my dream tattoo, but can you just put it on here? 
And I'm like, look, dude, that arm's clean. Let's do it over there. Yeah. And maybe get that lasered or just trust what I can do with, with, with this thing, but you're not going to get this dream tattoo that you wanted before yeah. on that same place. Mm-hmm. It's just not realistic. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times you see, they see, you see, I see, we've all seen insane things on Instagram that are bonkers that you're like, wow, that's fucking crazy. But you're see most of the time I feel like you're seeing something that's still fresh. It hasn't settled. And when doing crazy cover-ups, because I've attempted to do certain things and then seeing what worked, what didn't work. And it's like, you start learning like which colors are more opaque than others, you know, and which things are going to be able to pull off on certain skin tones where it's like, man, after that point, it's going to get too too opaque, there'll be no light bouncing out of that skin tone at all. It's going to look too dull. It's going to look too dark. But then on other people, you might be able to get away with more. So there's like, it's such a case by case thing with cover-ups. Like it's what tattoos, what you want, what your skin tone is, how much, how dark even the old black is, you know, like all these little subtleties will affect how a cover-up is. It's not something you can just like say, oh, this is going to be that, you know? And I think it's, Scary for people to sometimes jump on that. The fact that there's no like, I can't give you exacts on this. You know, you have to be flexible with so many things. Yeah. And I think uh, the other thing that uh, tattooers need to realize is, you know, even though, okay, this area is dark and we're going to cover that. But you got to realize too, now there's another layer of ink in this one area. So going back to like balance, how are you going to balance that out? It's not just that it's dark, but there's, there's a little bit more density to where you're covering up. Yeah. So now on the clean skin that's surrounding it, how are you going to balance that out? So this doesn't look, especially if there's scar tissue or something Mm -hmm. in the uh, old tattoo, um, that's tricky too. You know, it seems like a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like this is why cover-ups sound like a lot of work but like uh Just get laser. that was one of those things of like you know when you're going for a cover-up you, know, you can do it through color or use some texture sometimes a texture can kill something a situation like 100%. that where there's like some sort of like lines or scarring or anything like that Create some tech, use that as texture within that design, you know? So that's like, oh, maybe you didn't want a snake, but a snake is going to be really good in this situation, yeah. you know? Like building that upon it will look really rad. So it's like every- I mean, always, Almost always, I if I am going to do a cover-up, I always add a lot more texture than you would typically want to add. Yeah. It just makes it so much easier to actually cover that up. For sure. Like, oh, you, you, want, a, you want an apple? Well, now it's going to be a rotten apple. <laughs> my, uh, my go-to used to be like a, a stone effect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you can have cracks wherever you want to go. <laughs> exactly. And, you know? Man, I love doing Japanese tattoos and I love doing like rocks and water. So a lot of times when people- show me something. I'm like, how can I put a rock right there? (laughs) And let's put a rock right there next to that. I'll put a flower. And that's goes back to what you were mentioning of like creating a new focal point. It's like the flower bright on the water is going to be moving in direction away from this rock. So it's going to be like making the eye go to where we want everything to be. And that black area just will make sense for it to why it's really, really dark. And that'll make a cool, cool tattoo. Yeah. Utilizing the uh, clean skin around it, but it can be very useful. Let's just say it's a name. So it's not like a big tribal or something like that. And 
do some cherry blossoms and you can draw the cherry blossoms so that they're all on clean skin. And then you can do a dark shaded background. And all that's going to do is make those cherry blossoms pop more. For sure. You know, but if you design it incorrectly, you're going to be like, why is that randomly dark? Like going through. Yeah. 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 Sure. Man. What are you drinking? Uh, oh, man. This is my favorite summer drink, guys. A nice apple spritz in the summer. Oh, it's great. Looks like it looks delicious. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That one looks a lot uh, more amber than some of the ones you've gotten in the past. A little bit more Aperol on that one. More Aperol. You know, it's because the guys next door like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how long have you owned the shop that you uh, have now? Uh, just coming up on four years. Four years. Yeah. It's in what part of Astoria? Didn't like right by Broadway. Okay. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good spot. It was uh, previously a tattoo shop. Mm -hmm. uh, I was working there and then I was also working. The original 10,000 Foxes was in Brooklyn. Yes. And when the owner of the old shop, uh, she was just kind of done, done being a shop owner borderline done tattooing. Like she's a really good painter. That's really her passion. Yeah. So uh, Manu and I decided to buy the shop from her, renovate, rebrand, all of that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but you know, I was, I was there, you know, doing, doing all the dirty work. And then Manu was focusing on the LA shops. Um, so then I just took over the Astoria shop completely. Um, but yeah, we, we had a good, I don't know, four or five months before COVID, you know, what I oh. mean? shut down for a while, but it's good. It's great neighborhood. We got a great, uh, crew, you know, some awesome tattooers. Um, yeah, it's, it's really nice. You know, we all enjoy working together, enjoy each other as people. How long was the shop previously to when you own? Was that there? Seven years, six, six or seven years. So the shop had a reputation then, like the location, had a reputation for this is a tattoo shop, whether it was yeah. yours, whether it's 10,000 Foxes or the other one. I feel like that's good mojo. Yeah. It's good mojo in the walls. Like, I feel like this place, because it was a really cool rock and roll store before, before that it was a bar, it has good mojo. <laughs> oh, man. It's funny. One time, this uh, guy was getting tattooed downstairs and uh, he goes into the bathroom. And when he comes out of the bathroom, he's like, holy shit, bro. I knew that I knew this place. This used to be a bar. I did so many drugs in this bathroom <laughs> back when it was a bar. It's like, dude, this is hilarious. But like it took that moment because the dude had been here all day. So it's like, it took that one moment for everything to just wrap around and freaking like click for him. And I'm like, that's such a crazy, funny New York story. Cause that was like so many years ago. So that guy just had like, like, Flashbacks. It's cool that you guys kept the actual bar in here too. Yeah. I feel like it's too cool to take away. I'm like, no, this is great. Let's keep it. Yeah. At first, when, when we first were scoping out this place, I was like, I don't know, man, that's going to be in the way, but I think it works. So <laughs> yeah. Well. It works so good. Yeah. Shit. I mean, it's perfect for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, when this was a, a bar, was the downstairs, do you know, was More the bar. downstairs was like yeah, part yeah. of the bar too? Part of the bar. Yeah. I think actually, I don't know. Maybe I don't I have no idea, but I was like, man, I'd love to just move the whole bar downstairs. Let's <laughs> make it like a speakeasy. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> That'd actually be really, really cool. I think I said it before. I would love to close off 
the stairwell and yeah. put like a fake door, but like a real door. Yeah. So no one knows that that's down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, bookcase. yeah. Yeah. Right? Bookcase, something cool. A fridge. <laughs> Walk through the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be easy to do. Actually. For sure. That'd be a super easy. Dude, no thing one will to ever do. know. Did you have a lot of work to do on this place when you a took it over? A sliding bookcase. Sliding you know? Bookcase. Yeah. Sliding bookcase. Pull a book. <laughs> oh, sick. Yeah, this place was uh, very different. It was John very had different. a vision and I, I didn't see it. I was like, I don't know about this place, man. Yeah, this place was pink. <laughs> yeah, Matt was saying that earlier. Full pink. Yeah. Uh, I did like the pink neon though. I was like, ooh, that's sick. Like the pink neon stain. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it just feels right. Um, how, and, how do you guys like the difference between your old studio not being ground floor and this one being um, a storefront. Oh man, that's like, uh, you know, I've been thinking about that myself, you know, because I feel like they both have their pros and cons. I like the energy of having something really connected with like the front, you know, I started tattooing in a place like that. And I've always liked that vibe of like a random person walking into a shop, having questions and, just having that experience. I feel like there's some, and then just being able to step outside and be, feel like you're part of a neighborhood, you know, it's really cool. And then at the other place, the more intimate kind of feel of just being in like a very private where it's only like, you feel like you're in a private little club. It doesn't feel like you're in a store. feel like you're in a little private club with other, you know, like-minded individuals. And in that other place, we had like a, a little second floor backyard. You know, so we had a little outdoor space that was very private as well. So it was kind of cool. So there's such different places. I got to say, at this point, I feel like this makes me more excited. Being in the other environment with less things going on, I feel like at times can get boring. And I like the excitement of like, oh, every day is a little bit different more. Even the location of that other spot, like just the energy in that area. In the area, Was not as good as it is right here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is way different. Yeah. We, um, uh, having a storefront, like we have too, uh, like what you're saying, kind of feeling like you're a part of the community and people popping in. We, the amount of dogs that pull their owners <laughs> over to our shop because they get love and they get treats and none of them are clients, people getting tattooed, but it's great. Like we've made these like relationships and friendships and yeah. Uh, yeah, we would totally miss that if we're in like a private studio Absolutely. or something. You know? yeah. And it's super cool seeing people that have no interest in tattoos, uh, whether it's demographic or just, you know, just not their thing, that love to stop by the shop and say hi to everybody. And you know what I mean? I, I think that's it's special. You know? Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like if – People know that you're around and they know you. They're like, oh man, I've been thinking, somebody says they want to go get a test. We're like, oh, go to that place because those people are really nice. Yeah. You know, they're great. Those are great people. Go over Which there. we can forget to a lot of people how still intimidating like going into a tattoo shop can be. Oh, you yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like, this is what we do, you know? Man, but- I saw the craziest thing. And so I, I am not a type of person to be offended by anything. So don't take this as me being offended. <laughs> but... I saw, I saw a post where this female tattooer opened up an all female shop and she goes, the reason why I opened an all female shop is because I want my clients to feel comfortable. 
I'm like, that's the craziest shit ever. Like what happens if a dude goes, I'm only going to open up an all male shop because I don't want some, you know, bitch energy in here. Like, oh, he'll man. Get derailed. Like, like there's no way that he's going to get away with that. No way. No way. But I mean, they're all girl gyms. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yes. This all, all girl gyms. So for the same reason, because they want to feel comfortable. That's stupid. <laughs> I, mean, I, I can I can understand a gym. I get that. There's a lot of bros just like being weird and creepy in the gym, checking out girls as they're working out. I can get that. But I don't know. Tattoo shop doesn't feel right to me. For that reason. Like if you but, want to open up an all-girl shop because just your friends are all girls and they're all tattooers. And but rad, that's, that's, that's exactly the same reason. Because like sometimes girls want to get tattooed in like weird places. And if there's a dude there, it makes them feel uncomfortable. Maybe. So does that mean that the girl's not going to... They open up an all female tattoo or shop. I don't know if that means they're only going to tattoo females though. I mean, oh, they're going to tattoo dudes. Right. Maybe, maybe they just, ah, damn it. <laughs> we, we have a bunch of uh, female tattooers and there's a big difference in the energy, whether that be good, bad or indifferent when it's just the girls or if it's, if it's just the guys, we just work. Yeah. You know, we, we just work. Um, and the girls are having a Your good time. Your wife's like, I'm looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, um, but, you know, and the girls are having a good time and chatting it up and talking reality TV and all that. Um, so that's that's got its place. But it's it's interesting seeing different dynamics, you know, when when they're together. And the the balance when you have both. Uh, some male and some female tattooers. I think it's great for clients, uh, like female clients. I could totally understand how they're more comfortable with another female artist, you know? Um, but I would wonder, and like what you're saying, the all female tattoo shop, like is their clientele almost all females, you know? That's, that's, you know, I think maybe, you know, based not because of like, girls want to tattoo girls, but just based on the subject matter of usually things that they like to tattoo. Like if they have that feminine touch, usually girls like that right. more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I saw that just in my own work and in other people's work. Like when you do things that are more feminine, you're going to get more female clients that are kind of leaning towards the kind of artwork that you're making. If you start, you know, not that, you know, girls don't get like, super sick, like Oni mass and shit like that, you know, but it's just, it's what they gravitate toward. You know? Yeah. Like, uh, I'll never forget when, uh, Penshoff was doing one of his guests with us. Yeah. He was here for a couple of days, watching me tattoo my clients. And at that time I was like still doing more new school stuff, but kind of doing traditional, uh, Neotrad also. And, uh, I was tattooing all these older women. And the, the thing he said to me is like, dude, I don't get it. Like, why are all these old ladies coming to get tattooed? <laughs> like, your work doesn't look like old lady tattoos. I'm like, I don't know, man, this is who I draw right now. <laughs> they like, uh, it's so funny. But ever since I started doing Japanese, mainly, mainly dudes. Yeah. yeah. Mainly dudes like big Japanese tattoos, except for Jake. Jake tattoos nothing but like giant Japanese things on girls, full fronts, full backs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 tons. I was like, holy shit. But he's also in Australia. And that means that's different completely what people like. It's just different. Yeah. I want to start, they want to start promoting larger, larger scale work. Even if it means like, eh, I want to do a couple of back pieces at a discounted rate to try to get more 
bigger. Cause I, I always feel like my bigger projects are stiff and I don't know why that is, but I want to, I want to work on that. If you had your preference, would you have like one session tattoos or do you like to be able to know, Hey, at least I know I'm going to have a couple hours to go back into this or. Um, I'm kind of split on that. I always want to see something finished right away. Mm. So if I could do a big tattoo in one day, then I would rather do that. But the reality doesn't allow that to happen. I like to look at my portfolio and see the bigger tattoos and be like, yeah, fuck yeah, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. But I love the instant gratification of finishing and starting a piece in one session. Yeah. I've noticed the evolution in my own stuff in, in my approach, because when I'm doing these complicated cover-ups, I, I take a layering approach to it. I don't try to just like slam it in there. You know, I kind of have a method where I like to do, let's say 70% of it in one session, let it heal. Uh, I'll usually five to six weeks before, you know, doing a second session on it. So you know, the skin's rejuvenated. You can really see how things like settled in and let you know, you know, where to push your contrast or, um, and because for a while too, it was like five out of six appointments were cover-ups. So I got used to working in that method. And now I really like doing that for even on clean skin, Mm -hmm. you know, um, being able to just, fine tune stuff and things like that, you know? So if it is a one session thing, it's no problem. You finish it. um, Great. But to be able to have that and be like, like two months later, let's do two hours, you know? Yeah. And then seeing again, like longevity of that is like, um, I notice a significant difference, you know? So even if that means I charge differently because this isn't supposed to be a two session tattoo, I feel like the quality of the work, uh, really benefits from it. You know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you can go back in and even, even just touch something up, yeah. you know, like having a second pass out is always going to be beneficial to you. And the, the amount of times that, um, clients, even if it's a multi-session tattoo and it looks done, but mm-hmm. I'm like, Hey, you know, two months from now, let's set up like a half day, you know, and you know, I'll charge accordingly. They're like, it doesn't even need it. But when I'm done with that last fine tuning session, they're always like, Oh, oh shit, man. Like, I yeah, get it, you know, man, I know that I have like unfinished sleeves out there because they're like, well, oh, he's tripping. He don't need another <laughs> session on this. You know, he's yeah. done, bro. Yeah. I bet you, I bet. And I'm like, ugh, that's annoying. One of the first guys that started teaching me how to tattoo, like, so I had technically two apprenticeships. And the first one was like this really terrible experience. One of the guys that was working at that shop, he used to tell me that he would purposely leave things out of the tattoo to make the client look at it after they go home. They're like, oh man, I need a touch up. I need to finish this thing up. Yeah. And in his mind, it was like, oh yeah, it's to get them to come back in, do a second session. I'll tweak everything. But also it's his way of getting the clients to come back in and pay more money. I'm like, I don't know, man, that sounds pretty sleazy to me, but you do you. But I mean, in a way sounded like it could be a good idea just to get a second session. But the way that he approached it was so sleazeball. So sleazeball. Because like at the end of the day, like I've done that with cover-ups actually, where I'm like, man, I'm not going to cover that one thing up until we get pretty close to being done. Cause I need to be able to like 
layer these areas. Cause sometimes I'm like, I want two sessions on just this part of this tattoo yeah. just to get this over with. And then like, man, I'm going to cover that last bit that matters right towards the end. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, but he would be doing like a name and he'd be purposely not cross the T up. Like, <laughs> no way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think <laughs> transparency with the clients early on and building that relationship with them so that they don't think you're doing that. Yeah. Like, does it looks good? Is he telling me I need another session just so he can charge me more money? Right. You know that that goes a long way. And on large projects that I do, I will do uh, I'll book somebody for a full day, whether I use that full day or I don't. And nine times out of 10, I won't even charge them. They've mm-hmm. already paid me $10,000 for this tattoo. They've been an awesome person, an awesome client. And I really want my work to look the best that it possibly can. Yeah. So can I sacrifice a few hours of my time to ensure that? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just being open and honest about that stuff really goes a long way. You know, they see that you're genuine and that you, you just really care. I'm like... Believe it or not, I want this tattoo to look better than you do. Yeah, you know yeah, mean? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's, you know, it's your work, it's, yeah. you know? I feel like sometimes clients don't see that it's like, man, I'm devoting hours of my life to this because I care about it, you know? Not just because I make money from it, but because I do actually care about my work. And, right. you know, doing good work like this is going to bring me more business. So I'm trying to knock this out the park, bro. Yeah. So that actually reminded me, I wanted to ask you guys something. When you're doing something big, multi-session and let's say last sessions work needs a touch up. Do you touch that up while you're doing the next session or do you do everything and then do a touch up later on? Oh, right then and there. Do you charge for that time? Yeah. If you were to wait and do like a touch up session on its own, would you charge for that? Yeah. You would? Yeah. I mean, this is my time. Okay. I'm I always did free touch ups. You know, I mean, it. it's not a, this. It depends of like, usually I don't have to touch up anything if I'm just doing the tattoo, but if it's in a, a situation where it's like, I'm doing a cover up or something like that, like that just needs that your skin needs more work. Yeah. Know? I mean, that, that I feel like that's different, but if it's yeah. not a touch up, I mean, if it's not a cover up. Um, so for example, the reason why I'm bringing it up is the, the back piece that I was doing today. Yeah. First session, we did all the black today. I started doing some color, but that black wasn't black. So a lot of it I had to redo and as I'm doing, I'm thinking to myself, like, is this a touch up? Is this just layer number two? Should I be charging for this time? Yeah. I, I would consider that layer number two. Yeah. Yes. I would cause, because at the end of the day, you are putting like black on black. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that looks different. Yeah. It's going to be richer to be more dense. It's going to have a different appeal. It'll look really good. You know? Yeah. So it's like, it's just, it's, it is, it's just your time. I would say. Yeah. I go case by case basis, but I, I try to be very honest with myself too. And if I see something that didn't heal as well as I would have liked it to, or I expect like my tattoos to heal, they're like, well, was it me or was it them? And if I feel like it was me, maybe whatever it may be, my machines or my needles or where my head was at or whatever, um, you know, then I'm like, uh, no, I'll just do it. Yeah. You know? Um, but if, you know, thankfully I, I don't have to do a lot of touch-ups, but I think it's a lot of it's because it's large scale work. So you're having the opportunity as you're working on other things to go back right. to that, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and then with everything I said before about just the relationship I build with the clients and transparency about the process, they, they kind of get it. You know, I never have anybody be like, why did you redo that? It looked fine. You know, because yeah. mm-hmm. now they see, mm-hmm. no, it looks a lot better and it needed yeah. that, you know? Yeah. The guy that I was tattooing today, I never, I never really talked about what I was doing. So the guy that I'm tattooing today, he flew in from Canada. Technically today is his second visit, but his third session, he did two sessions in a row mm-hmm. back in January. And then he's doing today and tomorrow this time around. It's a lady head kind of hugging uh, like a grim reaper, some flower kind of framing out over the head. It's cool. I really dig it. But like I was saying before, only a couple of months has passed and I definitely would not have designed it the way that I did yeah, like, oh, a couple of months ago. Right Why here, did right I do here. it this way? But still, it's cool. It's still a cool, good composition. Yeah. It still looks good. Yeah. It's not bad. Just, I would do it different now. Yeah. Or what, a, you know, you know, you do a lot of large scale stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You're saying like Japanese. So if you have somebody that falls off for, you know, Hey, can you finish the sleeve you started four years ago? Like that's a tricky one because you're like, well, what I'm going to do now like just purely ink in the skin is not going to match that. So now I got to go through and do another pass on that to really make sure everything ages properly. For sure. And so do you charge for that or? I feel like after four years, yeah, you charge for that. Yeah. Um, So I was saying before I do free touch-ups, but I tell my clients like, if you're going to get a touch-up, man, do it like within the first couple of months, because after that I'm charging you for it. You know, time in the sun, it's going to fade. You know, I don't know if you got bit by your dog. I don't know. Like some shit happens. Right. Like at least if like the first month or two, mm-hmm. if something's a little light, nine times out of 10, that could be my fault or just natural, you know, your body's pushing stuff out while it's trying to heal, throw that in. I'll do that for free. But after it's been settled in the skin for that long mm-hmm. and just time, mother nature did, did her thing. I, I'm going to charge for that time to cover that up, to touch that up. Yeah. And then how, let, let's say it's two years later and they're like, Oh, can you touch this up? This little piece of red fell out or whatever. It's like, cool. Well now my fresh red is not going to match your other reds. So if I touch that up now, I got to touch this other stuff up and yeah, you're going to have to pay for that. Yeah. No, I know, uh, one of my, uh, the tattooers at my shop, uh, rain was supposed to be on your podcast a few months ago. And she had to uh, cancel last minute. And I told her I was going to trash her on here. Do it. For doing so. <laughs> we were saying but, she's never allowed back. Yeah, that's what I was telling her. But she's been bribing me with smoothies all week. And <laughs> that's my weakness. So I'm going to cut her some slack. What's your flavor? Uh, I like peanut butter, uh, banana, blueberry. Peanut butter, banana, blueberry. It's a good time. All right. Ding. Yeah. I'm a juice guy. <laughs> I'm a cold pressed juice guy. Fruit or greens? Uh, greens. Oh boy. I'll do some greens. All about the juice. I'm very basic with my smoothies. I go with the strawberry banana yeah. <laughs> or the mango pineapple. That's always good too. It's very tropical. Yeah. Uh, I like my tropicals. <laughs> uh, damn. So this past week, Totally off subject, I probably, but I saw this crazy video on TikTok about this girl showing, I tried try to send it to you. And it was like a oh, yeah, I couldn't pictures that. and a couple of videos of this girl getting one of the ephemeral tattoos, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, tattoos that, you know, fade within 
one to three years from you getting them. That's a very lengthy. <laughs> Don't they? Um, they had it worded in the very beginning. It was 15 to 18 months. Yeah. And I guess because they weren't fading in that time, they extended it to three years now. Yeah. Okay. One to three years. She showed the whole process of it and all the video. And I was like, whoa, that's actually wild. Was it working? Was it fading? No. Well, yeah, it eventually faded a lot. But not all the way? Uh, yes. So basically, one, she gets a tattoo that's just like a normal tattoo. Then they use a special kind of like bandage on it, which looks crazy weird. Think of like a, kind of like a derm, but with some goop on top of it, you know, that's supposed to kind of help it stay. And then it stays kind of way more raised than a normal tattoo does for a lot, lot longer. Except hers started getting more like irritated over time. And it got almost like fully like keloided to a certain degree. Mm. And it looked really, really scary. They told her, oh, go to your doctor. Doctor was like, I don't know. <laughs> they it's time to take off the yeah, arm. Yeah, they're like, I don't know. Then she just let it. Just waited, 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 waited. Then she said that basically it would go through moments where it would get, it would flare up, you know? And she showed pictures of all this and uh, where like the skin would just get raised through heat. Like, you know, if it got really hot and that happens to us, you know, they have like normal tattoos, like certain inks or whatever, especially my reds will just go, you know, in certain times of the year, go crazy. I have legit uh, red reaction on one of my tattoos and, Almost four years later, I'll still make myself bleed, uh, scratching it so hard. Damn. Yeah. Cause it'll just be like, oh, feels so good. To it. Dig <laughs> <it>. <laughs> oh man. But like, dude, everything about that whole process was super scary. And then at the very end, after the thing faded, you know, there was still like scarring left from the whole process. So she went and she got it just tattooed for real. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the same design? Yeah. Well, like, like the same idea, you know, okay. she, she had like a, um, a jellyfish. So all of that just to eventually just to get a jellyfish tattoo. But does that place only do those disappearing tattoos? Or yes. That is they their, don't do anything. They don't do the like real deal. The permanent okay. deal. So was it still raised before she got it tattooed though? Like she's um, got, no, they like nobody would tattoo her because it looked really bad until it like got pretty like it came down a lot. It just looked like a really old kind of fady kind of like tattoo old thing. Then she got it finally tattooed over. What was his timeline? And this was like, oh, damn, I can't remember. But I think it was at least almost two years. But wow, they uh that pla that place I think has like a couple of lawsuits against them. For, for things that, like that reason, yeah. 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 Or just people feeling like they got duped. Like, oh, this is supposed to disappear in 18 months and it hasn't yet, or it hasn't fully disappeared. There's oh, yeah. lawsuits against them for that. I mean, imagine if you got a face tat. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, I'll get this through college. By the time I get out of college, it'll be gone. <laughs> and then you just have a face tattoo for... I don't know what their... Uh, like the disclaimers or their waivers look like, but talking about transparency before, I feel like I could be just totally speculating here, but I feel like the people going into that place expect a good looking tattoo for 18 months. And then on day one after 18 months, it's just <laughs> it's completely just gone. gone. Yeah. yeah. And uh, maybe they're not explaining to them. That's not how it's it, going to work. No, it's going to be a slow fade and it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. 
that's the tough part about that. It's like, it starts fading and it's like, you get to see kind of how like a tattoo really ages, but just like in a sped up <laughs> version of it. It's like, it starts breaking up and it starts getting all fuzzy and it looks crazy. And usually just line work, all black tattoos. It's not like there's any ever any heavy shading or anything like that. Is that because the ink doesn't have, like do they not have colored ink to do what it's supposed to do? I don't think so. They only do black, I think. I've never seen a color version or even anything with like, shading like you know soft shading usually like just lines yeah yeah hmm. moral of the story is just get tattooed just get, yeah, tattooed. Just get tattooed just get tattooed i go through all that just get a tattoo if you regret it just get a laser or i'll cover it there or we'll cover it <laughs> just the best man i had a great real idea that i'll share for everybody so that maybe unless i'll do it before this comes out you know save it for the after show i know save it for the after show Speaking of the after show, if you want to get the after show, which is just a couple of extra minutes of us talking, um, sometimes it's just clips that didn't make it into the show. We put it in the after show. You can head over to patreon.com slash honest tattooer and sign up to be a Patreon supporter. There's different levels. Each tier will get you the after show, but there's also critiques that we do for the higher tiered members. But uh, what I do want to do is give a couple of shout outs to people who have joined the past couple of weeks and um, I want to start with Ethan Green. Ethan is a buddy of mine that we went to high school together. Oh, shit. He was the singer of my band. What? Yeah, nice. so shout out to Ethan, dude. Thank you so much for being a Patreon supporter. Um, there's a couple of other people that have joined. I'm not going to name everybody because there is a few in the last couple of weeks. But uh, Albert Romero, Justin Gannon, and Isaac Russell. Thank you guys very, very much. We uh, appreciate all the support. And if you want to be like those guys, give us some money. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys. Well, guys, if you're a tattoo enthusiast and you love to get old shit covered, there's only very few ways to do it right. But I think the most important part to do is just to listen to your artists, trust them and do your due diligence with cover-ups because you're going to see a lot of shit out there that's maybe looks cool in a photo, but that's not how it's going to work long time, long term. So please do your research, but listen to your artists. They know what they're talking about. So I have to say, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would add just because, uh, somebody is an amazing artist or an amazing tattooer, uh, doesn't mean that, um, they'll be great at cover-ups. This guy right here. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect example. Yeah, absolutely. Cover-ups are really, really hard and it takes somebody that, you know, has the experience and not only in like the art side, but also in the technical application of like doing things over tattooed skin, scarred skin. It's crazy. Yeah. It's hard. Cool. Tim, thank you so much for coming. Uh, if people want to find you, where can they find you? Uh, Instagram, uh, TOC underscore tattoo. Uh, my t uh, tattoo shop, uh, 10K Foxes underscore Queens. Um, and thanks for having me. Appreciate oh, thank it. you for coming through, bro. Yeah.